Oh, you better believe it. I'm back. John, hit the music. Shane's life as a fantasy draft is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> you are currently tuned in to Shane's life is a fantasy draft episode 33 at Shane's pod is the handle on Instagram where we mock one known as Peterman. John Gorman. How are you? I mean, I ain't got Nathan on Peterman. Oh, you see, I know he's just Peterman from here on out. He's he is just you know he's the third highest rated quarterback in preseason football. Yes, he is the third. He is the third highest overrated quarterback in all of football. He's behind right now. Joe Flacco and um, James Winston. Oh my! Oof. Woof. That's a list. That's a list. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> Have a nice trip. Bring me back something French. Oh, God, that's terrible. Daniel Gewurz. Yeah. Your thoughts on Peterman. Does it count as a palindrome if it's only two uh, numbers? Yeah, it absolutely does count as a palindrome if it's only two numbers. Is it the same forwards as it is backwards? Yes. Then but it's I a mean, palindrome. Then- wouldn't like the word a be a palindrome sure the number eight the number eight is a palindrome so the number eight is a palindrome but it's also it has another name because it's the same upside down as it is right side up that also that also has a name i believe it's a symmetrical yeah no no it is not that is not symmetry that is not the name of it it's like uh it's like a it's like an epidrome or something like that. An epidrome. Drome. Uh, uh, as, don't as we have a statistician on this podcast that can find that out? I'm working on it. Point symmetry. Point symmetry is when no, every part that's has not a matching part. The same yeah. distance from the central point, but in the opposite direction. You, you gentlemen talk amongst yourselves while I find the actual answer to this quandary. I, I literally and, just gave it to you. And, and my only impression of Nathan Peterman, I have two impressions of Nathan Peterman. One is when he threw uh, six interceptions in about a minute in Los Angeles, and the other is when he came into a game. I, Tyrod Taylor got hurt or something, and he came into a game and just got m- his face mashed into the ground, and he had to leave. He. Um, it is called an ambigram. An ambigram. I, I, mean, I was ambigram a little bit in college. <laughs> But um, that was a phase. No thanks to our statistician on that one. Whoa, crickets. I heard crickets. I heard actual crickets. <laughs> what happened? There? I mean, the joke was so bad. It really was. An ambigram is a word or art form or other symbolic representations whose elements retain meaning when viewed or interpreted from a different direction perspective or orientation 
So it's like the opposite of a Rorschach test. This guy, what? your life is a, the soundtrack to your life is the, the Price is Right trombone. I mean, it's John not Gorman. great, if I'm being honest. No, it's not. It's not. No. I, I, like it's I, not like great. I've, I've said often on this podcast, the number of things of value that I contribute are somewhere between zero and negative. So, so you're saying, another one. Like, how many sad trombones can we put in this episode? The, the name of this episode is going to be "Sad Trombone" because we can't use Price's Right trombone. No, we can't take. We don't want to. We don't want to pay Price's Right. Can we? Would the, would the price be right? The price would not be right. The price would be very wrong. I swear uh, to God, if you ask if it, if the price would be right if it's a buccaneer, like I'm I'm, le- I'm gonna turn I will turn yeah. this podcast around. I will turn this podcast around. Listen, John Gorman, we have all the power to cut off your mic and post. That's fine. Look, there's, there's right now. There's nothing we can do about it, and you can say whatever you want into that thing. It's gonna be really funny when we we push this live, and it's just you yelling about cutting my mic, and there being silence. That, yeah, that would pretty much be the. If we had an actual radio studio and we all sat in that studio, it would pretty much just be me and Daniel talking to what most people would assume to be an absolute invisible person in the room. It's just a cactus in the middle of the room for decoration. It's a cactus purposes. with sunglasses. Yeah. Just like the as, commis- as is the commissioner of our football league. league. Oh, yeah. I, f- I forgot that the commissioner of our football league was a cactus. Now you we know. had to replace him. We had to replace him with someone competent. Uh, he was a real thorn in our side. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, another one. He was a real prick. <laughs> oh, on the show. On the show. Let's talk about the show. <laughs> what are we doing? Let's talk about the show. We're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk some mental health, but most importantly, we are going to try to block out John Gorman as most we can this week. Fair. No. Nope. Mutumboed. You are you are going to get blocked. No, no, <laughs> Not no. on this podcast. <laughs> I took the week off again last week. Yeah, where were you? I take a lot of weeks off lately. It's all right. I got. I have. I have some. I have some personal things going on. If you must know. Do you, do you want to talk about him? Um, no. We are going to talk about mental health later in the episode. Uh, I did. I did start going back to my therapist. Okay. Which I, okay. which I think, I don't think, I don't think was good uh, as far as like meetings with your therapist go. Because uh, when I finished my session with her, I haven't been, I haven't been back to the therapist in, in a few months, right? And uh, after this, after this most recent uh, uh, meeting with her, she said, "I think you should come back Friday." We hardly touched on anything, so I don't think that's good. It's like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I do have very good insurance. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's what. Maybe she's taking advantage of my insurance. Maybe I'm fine. It's 
possible. They 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 want you to be just what they want you to feel well enough that you keep going back. You need to feel just well enough to not go out and kill somebody. That seems unethical. That's all. One would think. I don't know. I mean, so the last time I went to a therapist, she said to me that she didn't think I needed to be in therapy anymore. So You graduated? Yeah. No one graduates from therapy. I, I See, that's but that's that's an important that's an Daniel makes a very important point because therapists don't like two things in therapy. From what I've what I've gathered from my time even working in mental health, they don't like people who lie to them and they are not going to waste their time on people who don't want to be there. Two big things to know. I didn't have any problem being there it's not like i i I wasn't like tony soprano at the start of the sopranos just refusing to say anything i you know we talked and and she was just like yeah you 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 don't need this now daniel i've known you for roughly 10 years give or take yeah i don't think therapy would hurt (laughs) (laughs) i don't think therapy i don't think therapy could ever be a bad thing for anybody i think Honestly, having a person who is going to listen to what you say and, you know, let you finish your thoughts and let you just, you know, just be a person who's there to listen to you. That's that's always a healthy thing. And a person who is not going to reciprocate with their own problems. It's always a good thing. Like, I, I, I yeah. think everybody should be in therapy. Honestly, I think I think seeing a therapist would help. Everybody. I don't think there's a single person that it wouldn't benefit. I am militantly pro-therapist. M- militantly? As, as, yeah, because like even when I'm not like... That doesn't sound healthy. No. Th- like, that doesn't <laughs> sound mentally healthy to make that statement. All right. What I mean by that is... I, I am I, insanely for therapy. <laughs> what I mean by that is like even like even when I'm not in a dark place... I still go, like, like a cave or something right. to that effect, or, or or like a like a like a walk-in closet, right? Some place yeah. where the light is turned off, perhaps. Yes, right. Like I still go when, when you get stuck in the refrigerator with the door completely shut, right? Which is dark. It's a dark place. That was the plot of Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, <clears throat> there was even I look at it as like this: like it's prevented, it's preventative maintenance, right? Yes. Like it, it keeps your it keeps your car out of the shop because you periodically take it into the shop just to get a couple things looked at and tweaked. That's how I see it. Absolutely, and and, and it would it would benefit everybody. It would behoove everybody because you don't realize like how much you take on other people's problems when you know just over the course of a conversation. But that's I mean that's the social contract that we have, right? Like. You you will listen to me talk about my problems, and therefore I will listen to you talk about yours. Like that's how that's how the that's how the whole thing works. But when you right. take that out of the equation, and you just let me talk about my problems, and I don't feel guilty bogging down a therapist with my problems, that's just that's that's healthy. It's a, it's a good way to it's a good it's a good way to go about life. So you're you're absolutely right. Everybody should be in therapy. It's a, it's a release. It's a um, 
how do I put this? It is a, it, it, I mean, Freud called it catharsis, but like it's, it's a, it's a, you get it off your chest and occasionally you get some healthy, healthy coping advice uh, from the person who you're talking to. So it's never a losing transaction unless you have a really bad therapist. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that is a real thing that could happen. Well, sure. And also it's always a good thing unless there is a culture whereby people think that going to see a therapist makes you somehow weaker. That is a that is a culture that does exist in those are people that should go to therapy. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that, that brings us to that brings us to the National Basketball Association. Sounds like a segue. Oh. That's the thing that I did right there. I see it. Uh, so that was that was uh, first uh, as far as segues go. That was a pretty that was a hard segue. Yeah. I didn't I think, think we could have so. softened. I think we could have softened the edge of that. that Sand it down with some hundred grit. I think we could. Well, I think we could have gone to one eighty oh. on that bad boy. We could have made that smooth as glass. Was that, was that too hard of a jump cut for you? It was a little. It was a little too hard. You did it. It was a pivot. That was a pivot, not a segue. In post, it's just going to go from "I'm back" to that brings us to the National <laughs> Basketball Association. Exactly. Who cares what anybody else has to say? Nobody cares about people like us going to therapy. We only care about Kevin Love going to therapy. Let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> so, so on that topic, there we. Oh, you know, it's just yeah, there we go. Let's do it. So, uh, Jack McMullen is in the middle of a five-part series uh, as we speak, talking about uh, you know depression in in the NBA. Uh, it started with Kevin Love and, and DeMar DeRozan, and now some other guys are, you know, uh, feeling comfortable talking about, you know, their own personal mental health issues. Um, but, you know, over the course of the season, you saw it a lot in Cleveland. Uh, you know, guys like Isaiah Thomas had real problems with Kevin Love, and it stemmed from his admission that he had these issues. So I... I wanted to take this to, uh, you know, a, a few a few areas here. Uh, first off, how, how you know how important is it in the NBA and and just in general uh, for these guys to be admitting that you know they they face the same kinds of problems that everybody does? I think it's very important, and as I said in a very long time ago in an episode we talked about when we tackled CTE um, and I talked about the fact that a lot of these guys are going through a huge like regardless of the brain the physical trauma to the brain going from being from very humble origins to being a mega superstar takes a huge toll on the human psyche and you're talking about people who become stars when they're 15 16 years old and then have to live up to a certain expectation through a professional career in front of millions of people in the public eye. And the NBA and the NFL are very similar in the makeup of the player demographic. And I think when you have people coming from humble origins, right, and being catapulted into complete fame, stardom, money, you name it, that's a lot to ask of a person. 
And I think it catches up with them in the end. And I think football obviously has a CTE. It has, has a physiological issue too. But if I'm looking at it, I'm juxtaposed it to the NBA, I obviously see that there's an issue in the NBA too with mental health. But because they don't wear helmets and hit each other in the head, we don't know what to call it. So we're just going to call it, we're just going to umbrella it with depression, right? If you look at the culture of athletics, so much of it is is so rigidly structured and so single-mindedly driven that mental health concerns like are cast aside in in service of the greater good of out hustling, out working and out manning their opponents, right? So like so much of what we so much of coaching nowadays is 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 this sort of berating, right? And I'm not saying I'm not placing the blame for this solely on coaches, but there's there's also fans who have their win at all cost mentality and there's owners and there's GMs and everybody has this vested interest in these players optimizing their performance and oftentimes these pressures are being placed on these athletes with 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 no regard to whether or not they're able to cope healthily with all of the pressures of you know providing a quality entertainment service that produces victories and championships and that's and that that brings up the culture issue too where you know we have the 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 win at all costs mentality and you know the out hustle everybody else and and outwork everybody else and it makes guys think that you're somehow less than if you have, you know, a, a mental problem. Like if you're struggling with depression, that somehow makes you weaker than someone else who's, you know, struggling with knee problems, right? And I don't know that it does. And obviously you can't draw a one-to-one -one comparison between physical issues and, and, and mental health issues, but, you know, they need to be treated somewhat similarly in that you can't just tell a person hey be less depressed hey get more motivated like you can't just tell a person that right and this culture of if you reach out for help uh you know that's that's somehow a negative it it needs to you know we need to move on from that and the guys that we have in the NBA right now putting shining the light on that and and letting us know that, hey, you know, I, I struggle with this. You know, Kevin Love, I, I had a panic attack in the middle of a basketball game and nobody knew how to help me. And, like, these are these are real struggles that we see, you know, grown adults going through. And somehow we expect them not to have the same problems that everyone else does. So, like, Evan, I'm going to open up a can of worms here, but... Have either of the two of you had a panic attack? I have not. So, so, so I've had. I, I used to have several. Um, often, I would have panic attacks. Uh, I had one. I'll tell. I'll tell a quick story. I had one where I was surprising my girlfriend at the time with a birthday, and I was stuck in traffic, taking her to her surprise party, and. I started thinking thoughts where I'm going to be late, but I was also like already excited for it. Right. So like this mix of excitement and also this feeling of being trapped. If you concoct the two together and someone who's prone to panic attacks leads to a panic attack. 
and panic attacks are difficult because people don't know how to help you and also because you're convinced that your problem's physiological and not psychological. Like you actually think that you're getting sick. You think that you're having a heart attack. You you think that you're, you know, breaking out into a cold sweat and you think you're going into shock. And so you sit there and think, oh, this is a physiological problem. This is a f- I'm dying. I'm dying. Everything is going wrong. And, and no one knows how to help that because 10, 15 minutes ago you were just fine and you're not keeling over like dying or not throwing up. You know what I'm saying? So like it's, it's, it's difficult for people to understand how to treat something that feels nebulous to literally everyone except the person who's feeling it so viscerally. Right. And you know, this is not because it's not a visible thing and because it's not something I don't think that the majority of people go through, it's hard to understand, right? Like I've never blown out my knee, but I can see a guy's pain when you know he he steps wrong and he blows out his knee and he's screaming in pain i can see that and so i can relate to it i can't see right. the mental struggles that someone is going through unless it's something like painfully obvious like when uh isaiah thomas's sister died you know the day before a playoff game like i you can you can you can see that right but you can point to a cause exactly and if you can't point to a cause what you get are these deriding fans who say things like, oh, you know, I wouldn't have panic attacks if I was making millions of dollars to play a game. And you know what? You probably would. Well, also, I think you you make a good point, too, is that you say what you're saying with Isaiah Thomas, you can understand it because you've been placed in a situation where you've had loss in your life. If it's relatable a panic attack isn't necessarily relatable to everybody, but people who have had panic attacks can relate to it. People who have lost people can relate to Isaiah Thomas in that situation. And that's the, that's the big unknown with panic attacks. Not many people go through them. I don't know what it feels like to go through them. I've heard of several people having them, and it sounds like absolute hell to me. And it's really like, I mean, we're talking about a small percentage of people, right? You're talking about single digit percentage, low single digits who've experienced that. Whereas everybody's experienced things like, you know, injury or death of a loved one, right? Like those are problems or challenges that people can relate to because they're common, sadly. Given that we can see how the mental struggles uh, of of players can affect can affect their their play and their careers. Uh, I have I have an interesting, or at least I think it's an interesting question on this subject. You know, coaches and GMs get players' medical health histories. Do you think uh, it would be it would be okay for teams to ask for players' mental health histories? If it's not stigmatized, right? Like, because you can, I mean, that's kind of like the, the pre-draft interviews that they have in the, in the NFL. Like, teams will pepper you with mental health questions. And rather than use that as a, okay, this person needs X, Y, and Z support, they'll use it as a, oh, we can't draft right. him. He's a risk. 
So it's it's if it's not stigmatized, if it comes from a place of compassion rather than a place of, you know, whether like actuarial that's not a word. <laughs> rather than as like actuarialism, risk assessment, then yeah, like you should. But we're not quite at that point in our culture where those questions come without a fair bit of other questions and many of them somewhat deriding and derogatory. Right, but you know what? You know what is stigmatized in sports, though, uh, aside from mental health, uh, an offensive lineman with um, an Achilles issue, right? A pitcher that's had Tommy John surgery. Sure, like these are these are stigmatized injuries in professional sports, and I, I mean, I'm not going to make like I think if you're going to get someone's health records, I think mental health is a a huge portion of that. I I, I think. You know, when we talk about someone's development, we talk about four domains of development. One of those is cognitive. The other is social-emotional, right? These are two massive parts of your development. More than 50% of your development is just in your mind alone, right? Physical would be the outside factors. Especially when we're talking about athletes who come into the league in their, you know, late teens and early 20s and still have a lot of emotional and social development to go through, right? Like we don't even know. Plus they're bringing in mental, they're bringing in baggage from, in some cases, a really bad childhood. Absolutely. And that's, that has not been addressed. Think about it. Like look at someone, I'm I'm not saying that Zion is, I, I don't know Zion's background really, but he has been in the media's eye since he was 15 years old. He, he's been a big deal for that long, just as a high school basketball player. LeBron James has been in the public eye since he was a freshman in high school. That's, that's a hard place to be when you know you're a freshman else, in high school. You know what else is hard? Like Terrell Owens. Like he grew up finding out later in his childhood that his father was not the guy who lived with him, but the man who lived across the street. And he had to reconcile with that. And, I mean, Terrell Owens is a classical case of someone who had untreated mental health issues that were kind of washed away as him just being, you know, Terrell Owens. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to really, like, get into the intricacies of mental health in a small segment of a podcast um, this is something that needs way more attention to. And I, th- because this is like kind of the class, this is kind of how I picture everything in my mind is everybody has a hurdle, right? And your hurdle is different. Everyone's everyone, the size of the hurdle that a person can jump over is different. I might be able to jump over the hurdle of you know, finding out that my father was the guy who lived across the street and I can jump over that hurdle easy. But you know what? Maybe my other mental hurdle is being close intimately with someone, right? Maybe the two are related and maybe they're not, but everyone's, everyone has hurdles and obstacles in their way. And we are not to judge how hard those are to jump across or get around. And I think that's why mental health is so sure. stigmatized in our 
culture is that you look at something like, well, how do you, like, I went through that. Why is that so hard for you? And it's like, because that's not for you to judge how my obstacles sure, are. And, but the issue, the issue that you come into with that is we're asking, you know, NBA teams or, or NFL teams to invest multiple years and multiple millions of dollars into athletes who may have issues that they can't get over and that will negatively affect them. And if there's a way to balance that risk, I don't understand or I don't, I can't reconcile, you know, taking away that tool from, from the teams. Oh, I mean, it, it's an important thing to know. I, I, I remember years and years ago, I used to work um, in a place and one of my coworkers had um, bipolar disorder. And this is back when bipolar disorder was still kind of, people didn't really know how to handle it yet. This is back in like the early, early 2000 uh, decade, the aughts, if you will. And uh, she had to quit. She had to quit the job and she actually went on disability because she could no longer work because of this disorder and it was heartbreaking to watch somebody that I had known for a couple of years to, you know, mentally disintegrate in front of my eyes and not be able to work anymore and not be able to do all the things that she wanted to do. It was as, it was as bad, if not worse than suffering a, like a crippling accident. You know, this wasn't, this was crippling for her. And that's the kind of thing that any employer, but certainly one who's committing multiple millions of dollars into someone, it's the kind of thing they need to be able to see and assess. But also, you know, on, on the flip side, you're not going to see guys seek therapy and, and seek the kind of help that they need to get when they know that it's going to cost them those millions of dollars. It, it's, it's you see that in the NFL all the time with concussions. Guys will not want to, you know, go to the sideline, not want to leave the game because they know, you know, they're not going to be able to play, or you know, they know one more concussion and they're probably out of the league. Yeah, but again, like going back to to, to my previous point is how how much of that is the traumatic. Because, look, if we're finding mental health disorders in NBA players, then it's why wouldn't we expect to see them in the NFL? I, I, and again, I'm not I'm not making an excuse. I do think CTE is a real thing. But if you're seeing things in a non-concussion, so to speak, sport, and you're also seeing them in a sport that yields a lot of concussions... There's a common denominator here as well that is being completely overlooked on both in both sports. Well, I think that common denominator really is that the mental health challenges exist across the board in society. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how many millions you make. I mean, some of these things do have a small correlate or causal effect, but I mean, like regular people suffer from panic attacks regular people suffer de from depression and so do people who live at the margins on both ends of the bell curve absolutely it knows no there's it knows no demographic the way that people 
tend to look at sports is is they they look at it as sort of an escape from from their lives which you know I'll admit I do that a lot and sure but it's an escape from your life not from the athletes that's lives that's true but I look at it and and my enjoyment of it comes from thinking you know these are people who are extraordinary and can do things that I can't and therefore don't suffer the same kinds of issues that I suffer and to have to reconcile that with you know oh well this guy you know he's real sad and he's he's going through some things that that I can't know anything about and I don't know anything about but you know it's affecting my team and and you know my enjoyment of the sport it's hard to look at that and feel compassion for him when he's causing me you know sports sadness i i hate that we use the same kinds of emotions for sports that we do for for real life but you know it like it's causing me to be to feel bad that you know my team is losing because this guy is having problems that i can't see right but i think you know that's the that's the amazing thing about athletes right is basket think about a basketball player six eight seven two whatever 200 and something pounds you are not supposed to be that athletic you you are you have done a lot of work in your life and a lot of commitment to get to that place but guess what between your ears you got the same thing i do you got a brain right no matter how big and strong you get no matter how physically different you are than me inside your head is all the same you know it's the same thing and it's something full of you know, the happiest moments of your life and the saddest moments of your life and the hardest obstacles of your life to get past. And some people are beyond treatment. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, like it's, so, there are, there are some people who suffer so great. I mean, look at, look at someone like Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain went to therapy. Anthony Bourdain did take medication. Anthony Bourdain in the end, it wasn't enough. And there are other, there are instances of athletes who have taken their own lives as well. Where, and, and, you know, whether or not they got help, no, I, I, I'm not one to say, but it is possible that maybe they got help and it wasn't enough for them either. Or maybe it was possible that because of the culture that they were raised in, that athletic culture, or their house or whatever that seeking help was shunned and sign of weakness and so it prevented them from having their lives saved the nba has uh, hired a new created a new position called the director of mental health and wellness for the league and i think john you brought up a really good point earlier when teams are trying to get guys mental health records uh, it shouldn't be done in an effort to determine whether or not they should draft or sign a player. It should be done in terms of trying to preserve that player's mental health. So my thought would be they would get those records from the player. They wouldn't even get those records from the player. Like every team should have like a team therapist or, or seven. And it could... Um... Uh, my my initial brainstorm, and I'm sorry to cut you off here, would be an independent, um, like someone who still operated under secrecy, like they were hired on staff, 
but they then couldn't share their findings. They, exactly. Yeah. Patient doctor. Like not someone who works for the team, but yeah. just like let's let's get every player right. into therapy. Well, that actually wouldn't matter, even right. if they worked for the team. Like let's say I'm I'm Doctor Dennis, and I work for the New York Knicks, and I see patient uh, unicorn, right? I I still can't share with the team my findings. I that right. would still that would still violate you know, the Hippocratic Oath. So, I, I mean, I, I like the, the, like, in the NFL when they had these independent doctors come out and evaluate for, for concussions, that makes sense. Right, but they, because, also, they also report their findings. Right, but they have to. Right. That, that's part of that particular task is, you know, that's a different task than if I was to go to see a therapist, that therapist wouldn't be, be able to then tell everybody my mental health, unless that was somehow like when you have go to like see a court mandated court mandated therapist, and like, well, we were going to share your findings with the court. Like that's something that obviously has to be drawn. You have to draw that distinction early on in in that position and in developing that position, and say, look, you're a team therapist, but in no way are you to report back to anybody your right, findings. Right, unless, unless there's a real, you know, problem of this person, you know, might be dangerous to himself or to others. But that's that's generally what, what therapists right. do. So, but I, I think it's important that teams, you know, use this information if they get it and really shouldn't be seeking it out, but getting this information just to provide help for the players and I think we need to get to a place where the players understand and are accepting and the culture is understanding and accepting of the fact that everyone needs and, and could benefit from this kind of help. And if you like even before even before like in the 10, 20 years ago, you'd hear the term head case thrown about. Right. Particularly when it came to athletes you'd be like, oh, that guy's a head case. And that that was, you know, Neanderthal language for this person has mental health challenges that need addressing, but they were written off. And so to get from a point, even the progress we've made from 10, 20 years ago from labeling athletes as head cases to now with a certain group of athletes. I mean, look at Brian Dawkins, who openly addressed it in his Hall of Fame speech. Um, um Nate Burleson on NFL Network, who admitted to binge drinking a lot um, not too long um, into his NFL career as well. Like, to get from head case to a place where even a few athletes feel comfortable disclosing, naming, and specifying the length and type and severity of their issues is monumental, but there's still plenty of work left to be done. Absolutely, and I think on on that note, we'll we'll hop into our first break. We'll we'll regroup a little bit, and uh, we'll come back and, and try to lighten things up a little bit. Wrestling, sports, movies, and more. The Geeks Unlimited squad is always mic'd up and speaking on the world of nerd. Geeks Unlimited keeps your ears lit with the announcers' table, professional wrestling's hottest podcast that you haven't listened to. Hosted by B. Rye and our very own Canadian screw-up, Daniel Gavertz. Hey, that's me. The homie Steve is talking flicks with the aptly titled podcast, Talking Flicks. 
And of course, this impressive pod, Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Check them out on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Subscribe and share, listen, and learn. Don't forget to slide into those DMs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Geeks Unlimited, taking over the world, one podcast at a time. We're back. We're going to make things a little cheery now after such a heavy topic. We are going to kick this back to the very origins of what this podcast once was and where it has come from and where it is now. We are bringing back a segment called Pass or Run. Concept's very easy. Oh, I'm sorry. Does somebody want to explain? (laughs) (laughs) What I I wanted to say was uh, to, to peel the curtain all the way back. Um, Shane's Shane's life is a fantasy draft. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we we giving up the origin story right now? I'm not. I'm. uh, Hang on. No, 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 no. It's it's not the origin story. We're gonna go just a shade past that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna give away the full story. We're not taking it back to the to the actual Big Bang itself, but we're bringing it right to. After the Big Bang happened, that's as far as we can get this equation to go back. Right. So this is the string theory of Shane's life as a fantasy draft. In the we're not going to touch the asymptote. No. In the beginning, but I'm not. So, I'm cool. sorry. Did you, what did you say? The asymptote. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, line asymptote. Whatever. And dyslexia shouldn't be so hard to say or spell. So like this guy didn't even know what a ambigome was. <laughs> ambigram. <laughs> ambigram. This guy didn't even know what an ambigram was. I don't even think I said that right. Still, I defined it. But what? I called it point symmetry. Anyway, go back. Take take us back. So this or the genesis of this podcast started in the fall of 2015, when Greg pictured and John talking. Um, started a little podcast about fantasy sports and we gave it a title with fantasy in the name so pass or run was one of the weekly segments that we would tape um regarding what to do with certain fantasy players that being said greg please describe pass or run for the audience other fantastic uh names that we had for segments where what's the scenario ah that yes. was one that was one of my faves using tribe called quest music that was unlicensed yes uh, <laughs> so the concept of passive run is very simple daniel's gonna give us some player names you're either gonna pass on that player or you're gonna run with that player and that's all there is to it but you better have a good reason why or else you get the sad trombone. Quit takes, not sucking clones. <laughs> okay. What just happened? It's Jim Rome. Oh, here we are talking about fantasy football. <laughs> We're going to do a little segment called Pass or Run. That's my Jim Rome. It's pretty bad. That's, that is an excellent Jim Rome. <laughs> it, was, it was all right. It was more of a Jim Venice. It's more like a robotic Jim Rome. <laughs> We're going to play Pass or Rod. <laughs> yeah, like that's like if someone had a Siri that was set up for Jim Rome. If I had a dollar for every time an ungrateful athlete had to pass or run, 
I would rack them. <laughs> that sounded... I'm going to get real specific here. That that sounded like a bad impression of Jim Rome where the impressionist has a cold. That what? sounded like Alex Jones does Jim Rome. Oh, That's exactly oh. what that sounded like. Get out of here with that. I'm not start, I am not starting that info war. <laughs> that, that was that was that was what that sounded like. You All just right. need a little bit you needed a sprinkle of conspiracy theory in there. <laughs> Antonio Brown is in the, in the Illuminati. Oh my goodness. So all right, I think I mean I wasn't a part of the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it so I'm gonna try to understand what we're doing with pass or run here. Um, well, I just laid out the rules to you, Daniel. Were you not paying attention to them, or were you paying attention this to them? This was before Daniel's mom started listening to the show. This is how old this is. Yes, so Mrs. Gavert. or run, currently being drafted as the second quarterback taken off the board, pass or run on Deshaun Watson. John, go. Oh, run. Run all day. Run all day on Deshaun Watson. You know why? Because I love when fantasy players are fun to watch. I like. I, give me, give me, give me a Deshaun Watson, an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson. Like somebody who like you just simply enjoy watching them play, and they just fill up that stat sheet. Greg. Oh, you run with Deshaun Watson, but not because of what John said, but because he's got a brand new ACL in his leg, and that thing ain't going anywhere. He's better than ever. Okay. Pass or run on Kirk Cousins? John. (laughs) Grits teeth and says run. Run, Kirk run Cousins, from Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is like, he's just, he, he's going to fill up the stat sheet because the Vikings are loaded, right? He's got Thielen, he's got Diggs, he's got Delvin Cook back there who's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Like, Kirk Cousins is going to get his. And even when he was with... It's gross. I'm sorry. The You can bleep that out with the it's gross drop. <laughs> Washing, um, the Washington racists. Yeah. Um... Even, like, on that team, he was throwing for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. So imagine what he's going to do with weapons. Okay, now I got... I, oh, Greg, go for it. Oh, uh, man. Unfortunately, you you do have to run with him. If if you're in a deep league, right? If you're, like, like in a 14-, 16-person league, you're going to have to run with him. If you're in a more shallow, like, 8-10-person to eight, 10 person league pass on him uh but yeah weapons stefan diggs and adam thielen ridiculous okay so speaking of weapons currently being Is this taken a richie incognito thing as the 21st quarterback <laughs> taken off the board so let's say your draft has really gone sideways and you're in a deep league, and you just you haven't taken a quarterback. Is this a rough draft? This would be a rough draft. <laughs> uh, pass or run on Tyrod Taylor. He's Shoot. a good fantasy quarterback, and he's got he's got 
some weapons, right? Jarvis Landry is going to catch a lot of balls, and and Josh Gordon hasn't been suspended yet. Josh Gordon's back, baby, and even in like the four games he played last year, he was great. Yeah. So Greg, pass or run, Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to tell you why you need to pass. I'm my first of all, Tyrod is my boy. All right. I go to war with that man, but you got to pass on him, really, because he is not going. He is not going to be the quarterback come week eight, unfortunately, and nothing, not not of his own doing, but because that defense isn't going to perform, and that offensive line isn't going to perform to what it should perform to, which means they're not going to get a running game going. Tyrod's going to be running around a lot. They're not going to be so, you know, they're going to be around the two and six mark around that week. Uh, And uh, they're going to put in Baker Mayfield to uh, appease the people. So I do. I do think to to further expand upon that point, like Tyrod Taylor is not going to be your week one fantasy. Tyrod. Tyrod. Sorry. Tyrod. The dress was blue and black. Um, (laughs) Like. He won't be your week one fantasy starter, but he'd be a good injury replacement um, until he's no longer the starter. Right? Yeah, like like Greg said, probably around week six, seven, eight, they're gonna they're gonna go to Baker Mayfield. Although the Cleveland Browns bye week isn't until week eleven, so I could see them going ten weeks of Tarod Taylor. And then going to, you know, assuming they're the Browns are out of playoff contention, going to Baker Mayfield, you know, after the bye week to close out the season. Right. So I could right. see you getting yeah, the 10 Browns... solid weeks out of Tarod Taylor. I mean, look, I think he's going to be putting up points. I think they're going to lose games, but they're going to put up 21 and they're still going to lose games. I, I just think that's where the Browns are right now. I don't think they're, they're, they're not a well-balanced team. The off season, they spent a lot of money on their offense and, and some good trade moves on offense. I mean, they're, they're talking about bringing Des Bryant in or the, well, no, the Browns aren't, but Des Bryant's talking about bringing Des Bryant in. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. You, you put him on a team with Gordon and uh, Landry. That's, that's a lights out offense, but, Defense has got to step up and stop. You're you're playing in the same division with Joe Flacco and Ben Roethlisberger. I would draft Tarod Taylor, um, like in the round before kicker defense. Like I like I, I think the last round. I think he I think he's going to be on the. I, I I think honestly, when you're done with your draft, I think he's going to be a free agent. After most drafts, I bet he's going to go undrafted in 50% of the leagues. Well, like like I said, he's currently being taken as the 21st quarterback, so he's only really being drafted in, in deep leagues. Yeah, you're going to take right. him as a QB, as a, as a bench QB. In, in every league, yeah. you're going to take him as a bench QB if he right. goes, if he goes off the board. If not, then, I mean, if you're in a 10-person 10, 10 league, he ain't going off the board. Okay. All right. Uh, so on to the running back position. Let's see here. Pass or run on New York Giants number two overall pick, Saquon Barkley. Mm. You run with that, man, if you can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Saquon Barkley it's, is the. Uh, I mean, barring some sort of catastrophic injury, that man is unstoppable. Well, I mean, also barring the Giants being terrible, right? Well, the Giants are going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible the entire year. He is not. He he is not going to be terrible. This is. The, he he is he's a rare running back. He's the kind of running back that comes in and just changes. Well, for the Giants, that is a complete one eighty from last season because that running game, they didn't have one. Right. So they also didn't have a passing game either. But uh, you know, healthy Odell Beckham. That offensive line is still suspect, but Zaquan's the truth. John. Uh, I wouldn't draft him second overall, but he was, if he's available for you late in the first round, you have to. Where where you are you to. running with him then? Let's say you're picking fifth in a twelve person league. You know, I think I think there's f- four running backs I would take ahead of him, and so if all four are off the board, I, I would I would pick him up. Okay. Speaking of. Uh not having a segue pass or run on uh, Shady McCoy. Oof. So he has Shady yeah, McCoy has a serious legal issue hanging over his head. We don't need to get into the details, but there has not been a suspension, uh, you know, handed down yet. I don't think uh, there's officially not going to be one. But there is not one yet, so uh, John. You need to pass so hard on him that he gets moved all the way to a ride receiver. <laughs> That's how much you pass on Shady McCoy this season. I pass on him. I mean, barring the moral ambiguity you have to navigate, um, I pass on him because he's thirty. I pass on because his he is going to be suspended, and not only he's going to be suspended, he's going on the commissioner's exempt list when he is suspended. That's how deep this goes. You don't think Lashawn McCoy plays any games this year? Uh, he might play a couple, but not not much more than that. I could see him playing as many games as Ezekiel Elliott played last year. That makes sense. Was that ten? How many was he spent for? Six yeah, last he lost, year? he lost six games. But he didn't no, start the, being suspended until, like, week five? Six? Like, I feel like he played the first bunch of weeks of the season. They kept, like, changing his sentence, right? Yeah. It was, like, four games, and then eight, and then six, and it was they couldn't decide with him. So, I would he's a stay away from okay. me. Okay. Pass. Okay. And... A blast from the past, pass or run on Marshawn Lynch, currently being drafted <laughs> as the 25th running back off the board. Greg, pass or run Marshawn Lynch? Pass. My man is done. I love Marshawn Lynch. He's funny. He's just a funny guy. But no, uh, no, 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 no. Pass on him. If you're in a super deep league, I mean, maybe pad your bench with him just in case that tiebreaker goes to points from the bench, but uh, you're not going to start him. 25th running back off the board I, right now. I, look, last year he was the worst thing on my team. 
I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I was so infuriated that I had him on my team because he didn't do anything, and then he gets suspended on top of all of that for a game. No. No, Marshawn. I've rode with you in the past. I will not ride with you this year. Uh, John. I'd run with him as my flex. Okay. I would run because I think I think as a third or fourth, if he's your third or fourth running back and he's in that, you know, Chucky-based offense where they just hand it off and throw deep a couple times a game. Okay. I could see him doing pretty well. All right, and we are on to wide receivers. That's how. That's where Shady McCoy is now. <laughs> so for the wide receivers, pass or run with Chris Hogan of your New England Patriots. Hulk Hogan? Pass. Really? Yes. You don't want to. You don't want to trust the number one. White guy with long hair on on the New England Patriots? No. Not because I got another one coming back week five. How You can't trust a Patriots wide receiver. Other than, other than Gronk, who's your, you know, number one tight end, you know, without, without question. Like, Tom Brady has that Julian Edelman type who goes into the slot and catches 110 balls a year. But then after that, it's such a crapshoot, right? It's like when Drew, like you were never drafting a Saints receiver until like Michael Thomas came along because all of the Saints receiver, like you never knew who was going to get the ball. And that's how I feel about Patriots receivers. Okay. Okay, uh, pass or run on Josh Gordon, currently being taken as the 22nd receiver off the board. Talked about him earlier. Run. 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 He's good. He's just He's good. so good. That's, val- that's value down there. Oh, man. I, if so... I could take him as my – if he's my second or third pick off the board, mm-hmm. he's going to get touches. If you're in a PPR league, he's going to get touches. Him and Landry are going to get touches. Tyrod is notorious for throwing 10-yard passes. Josh Gordon is, I, I, and I have, I have insider knowledge on this, Josh Gordon is going to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. You have inside knowledge? You have, wait, you have inside knowledge on the future? I have, I have inside knowledge from sources. From Doc Brown? Did he go? Did he take his DeLorean into the future John, and come John, back and go? You gotta go back, brought, John. You gotta go back to 2018 and redraft your fantasy team. Marty, Listen, I, how I, could you I not ha- pick Josh Brown, <laughs> Josh Gordon in the first round? We've got to go back to the draft. I have the, <laughs> have the almanac. Okay, Biff Tanner. You know, I never. What I never understood about that movie is that Almanac was like the length of a comic book, right? That thing was very small. Well, right. How did that contain all of the sports results for thirty years? Uh, because it was the future, Daniel. It was still a book. Also, he took it but from a future, but a book from the future. He took it from two thousand eighteen. It was. <laughs> 
It was an it was an almanac that was only famous Jewish famous Jewish sports <laughs> legends. It was two pages long. It's a leaflet. It was a pamphlet. <laughs> no, but I mean that thing was like twenty pages long. It how was, was how a matchbook. The champions from all of the sports for twenty plus years, thirty plus years. Didn't never made any sense. Four point font. So. Yeah, exactly. Small font. Slightly different track here. Pass or run on any Giants wide receiver. So we have we have Odell Beckham, we have Sterling Shepard. I mean, I guess you, you're you're gonna run with with Odell Beckham because he's just that good. But say you have, I don't know, the sixth pick in your draft in your twelve team league. Are you taking Odell Beckham? No. Second round? Sixth overall? I, I'd take him late first round. Okay. But, yeah, six, I don't know. Six is a hard – I mean, I, I would – honestly, I would take Aaron Rodgers before I took Odell. I would take a QB, a high-scoring QB off the board before I took Odell. So Odell Beckham wide right receiver. now is being drafted 11th overall. Third wide receiver, 11th overall. That sounds right. That's that late from yeah, yeah, that's late first round. Yeah. But I'm I, I will guarantee Aaron Rodgers is going ahead of him and Drew Brees might be going Aaron ahead. Aaron Rodgers of him. is presently 36th off the board. Wow. Yeah, he's Oof. also the first quarterback according to Wow. Fantasy okay, Football quarterbacks Cap. are going late this year. Quarterbacks are going late I mean, this year. Running back is so deep this year. Yeah. Running back is so deep. You know, but receiver isn't. And, you know, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham. Like, I think those are the guys, right? You get one of those if you can. Otherwise, you just go running back, running back. I'd take Diggs or Thielen. I put. I, I will put Diggs in that company this Diggs, year. D- Diggs is going to eat. Is at 26. Thielen is at 29. Ooh. I dig Diggs. Yeah, D- yeah. Diggs, Diggs is the truth. Okay. All right, let's get yeah, out of here. So let's let's get out of pass. Let's bring it back next week. We'll do tight ends, kickers, and, spe- and defense and special teams. Who doesn't love that part of the show? Pass or run? Chandler Catanzaro. <laughs> let, let's get out. Right. Let's come back. Let's do station identification. Then we're going to come back to personal identification. And that, that'll be a wrap on, on episode 33. You're listening to Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Powered by Geeks on Episode 33 has come to an end. But alas, for all you moms out there listening... <laughs> You can find us other places than just this podcast. We have social medias that we subscribe to, and we hope that you also will follow. John Gorman, tell us about the dot .co. Uh, the dot .co is on fire this week. Um, that's probably not good. No, it, it's fine. You should probably put it Burning out. up the charts. So people can read it. <laughs> um, got a couple new pieces of content up there. Um, going pretty well. So, johngorman.co. Also, find me on Instagram at Hey Gorman. Hey Gorman. Hey Gorman. Daniel. So, 
tell us about the social medias you don't have. I, I don't have I don't have an Instagram account of my own, uh, like most other people do. However, uh, if you want to hear from me on Instagram, you can find me at Shane's Pod. We'll be posting throughout the night. Not that you will hear this, you know, before they're posted, uh, but we'll be posting various clips from the show, some that made the show, some that didn't, and a uh, link to uh, download. Although I've noticed, I don't think that the links that I put in Instagram, someone can maybe help me out on Instagram. I don't think the links that I put in are like clickable. So I don't really. You have to put them in the bio or there's a little website portion on the bio and that's where it goes. That's what you link in bio. I'll I'll work on figuring that out. Um, We also uh, have some blog content coming out. Uh, We'll be writing on various topics coming up. That's for everyone who can't possibly wait another full week to hear our voices. You can hear our voices in print. For those that are hearing impaired, you can go to the blog. Yep, that'll be uh, right now. We're still medium.com slash at Shane's pod. Has my, has my juggalo article yes. made it to the blog? That was on the blog last week. That piece is on fire. We also uh, posted about Colin Kaepernick's uh, suit against the NFL. And then John Elway just pretty much pooped yes, that was <laughs> on the that main portion so. of that article. So, yes. Yeah. Elway or the highway. That's right. Remember when Aaron Rodgers passed Elway? That was a very sad day. <laughs> a very sad day. Another throwback. That was a good one. Greg, where are the uh, people going to find you? So I am I'm, I'm on hiatus from social media. Like all social media? I, I am officially off Facebook. I'm done with it. Um, primarily because here's what, I, here's what I did. I made a big life change about two weeks ago. I got off of Facebook because I said if I'm going to scroll aimlessly through nonsense I'm going to just go on LinkedIn and try to find me a new job so that's what I do now I've scrolled through the LinkedIn help wanted and I apply for every job at the NBA and NFL so so the good people can find you at linkedin.com slash Greg Dennis you can find me at LinkedIn <laughs> LinkedIn and guess what else you can find on my LinkedIn page a link, hopefully, a link to this podcast. You absolutely can. I have linked it to the LinkedIn. Nice. We are linked in. We are. I am linked balls deep. Can I say that on this show? We just did. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's how it in happened. I am. That's how in I am in LinkedIn. I'm links deep. <laughs> and on that note. I think we need to get out of here. Should we? I looked up. We do. I looked up the flint flon oh. reminder this week, and surprisingly, yes. not much. Not much happened. Uh, last weekend, this past weekend, uh, was Pride weekend, so they had you know they had their nice, wonderful parade, and it looked real nice on Instagram. I bet. Sixty-seven degrees right now. Mmm, balmy, eh? lovely this time of year the building is underway for the uh, Creighton Sportex ooh looking yeah. forward to that well it's about time 
I'm sorry. It's a boot time. Boot time. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's all. All right. Shout out to Flin Flon this week. Sorry, guys. Flin Flon. Good night. Jacksonville. Sorry, we didn't talk about you as much as we normally do. But Ramsey's rant about NFL quarterbacks will have to rate, wait for another episode. I, John Gorman, who doesn't suck, is going to play us out with a song. John Gorman's trash. Pain again down and bend the knee. I hurt down deep when no one else can see. I can feel your warmth still, numb to the touch. Tell me, will I ever be enough? Wanna fly way up high, far away from the dark. But can you rise if you don't know where to start? The heights we reached were joyous, the crash was a little rough. Tell me, will I ever be enough? Well, I'm running, and I'm running, but I ain't going nowhere. I'm smiling still, but all I feel is scared. You love me, won't you love me? Oh, come on now, that's a dare. And what's the view look like? From way up there Long sighs and long goodbyes Where the wind is blown You told me that I'd never be alone Well the road's too long and not wide enough For the both of us so tell me, will I ever be enough? Yeah, tell me, will I ever be enough?